A reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of the strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief come only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever equipping God as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts, that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we, as your people, have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I remember when I was a young boy, I would go to my grandmother's house, and in her living room was this contraption. It had this base that you stood on and a, and a pole that went up and then this big mechanical head and this belt came out of it. And I asked my grandmother one time what that was and she said, Barry, put that belt around your hips. And I put that belt around my hips and she reached and turned on a button and that thing began shaking me and moving me and, and I couldn't believe what was happening. I said, Grandmother, what is that about? And she says, it gets you in shape, Barry. It's supposed to get you in shape. She had bought it back in the day before infomercials. I wonder in our lives, what infomercials do we listen to? Do we listen to the sham wow? It's going to get more water off our car than any chamois we have. Or we're going to listen to body by flake. If we'll just do this a few times a week, we'll have the ultimate body and we'll look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Or maybe it's the Jinsu knife. You know, you slice it, you dice it, and it cuts real thin just for your life. It makes you better. It makes your life better. If you'll just buy this for three payments of $19.99, it'll change your life and you'll be a different person. How many times do we fall for that kind of stuff in our lives? How many times do we listen to the voice of the world in our life and we want to take a shortcut to being who it is God is creating us to be? Or better yet, if we're taking the shortcuts to being who it is we think we have to be. Jesus today in the, te in the text in the Gospel of John is taking on the people. And he's taking on the empire that's in charge. And he's saying to the people that are gathered around him that everybody needs a shepherd. That he is the shepherd. And that we are sheep. Now, to be called sheep is not a bad thing. A lot of times in our lives, people want to... Per 
put the perception that if you're a sheep, you're just this meek and docile animal that just follows what everybody says and just goes along with the latest uh, groove and you just follow the crowd. That's not the kind of sheep Jesus was talking about. Jesus was talking about in an ancient day when the sheep industry was a huge industry. Herding and, and shepherding. They, shepherding was a, a job in, that a lot of people had. And it was a nomadic life where you lived with the sheep. And sheep were of great value. And they were important to, your, to, the, to the owner as far as his monetary value. And they were important because the shepherd had the responsibility of taking care of them, of coming and going with them, of, of making sure they went to green grass every day and, and they got to eat and making sure they went to clear water to drink and, and making sure that they lied down at night in a protective place to make sure they were at their very best at all times and to keep that which would harm them away. That was the shepherd's responsibility. And Jesus comes to us and he says, I am the good shepherd. And I come through the gate. And I come into the flock. Because whomever goes over the gate or under the fence or over the fence is not the good shepherd. It's the enemy. It's the one that tries to steal and kill and take things away from us. It's that infomercial on TV that tells us we're not good enough, that we need to be doing our exercises with a, with a hip extension belt or we need to be doing body by flake or whatever it is we need to be doing and we need to give our money so that we can be a better person what jesus is talking about is having a relationship the sheep are gathered in the pen and, and he comes through the gate to take care of his sheep and he and he says this point he says i love my sheep and the sheep follow me wherever i go and they obey what I say because they hear my voice. They recognize my voice. Would you think about that for a minute? If you're willing to claim Jesus as the Christ and, and you say that Jesus is shepherd of your life, we put a lot of weight on Jesus. We always want to say, dear Jesus, in the name of Jesus we pray. Jesus this, Jesus that. But you need to hear in the text today that Jesus says, I know my sheep, and my sheep do what I ask because they recognize my voice. The sheep recognize the voice of Jesus. How many of us in our life in this time of sheltered in place and social distancing, how many of us have gotten back in touch with that voice? How many of us still hear the voice of God amidst the chaos? Or how many of us are just throwing all the responsibility of relationship on Jesus? Jesus, I'm in a crisis. I need your help. Jesus, my finances are hurting. I need your help. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And in your name I pray because you said if I ask for anything in your name it will be granted to me. And we throw all the ownership of the relationship back on Jesus. But Jesus speaks to his people today and he says, you're a member of the flock. And your flock has a shepherd. And your shepherd's name is Jesus. And you are a good sheep because you recognize my voice. That means Jesus has confidence in us. 
Jesus believes in the intimate relationship with his sheep. Jesus has confidence in you and me that we're going to hold up our end of the deal. How many of us are good at that? How many of us have relationships with people because we can get something from that person? Because that person adds something to our life. And when that's gone, what happens to the relationship? They're gone. When we find out that the body by flake doesn't work, when we find out that the ginsu knife really does get dull, when we find out that the hip shaker just shakes us around and sends us to the chiropractor, Jesus is the real thing for us. And we, as the people of God, have a responsibility to give back to that relationship. We have to admit that we need a shepherd. We have to admit that Jesus is our shepherd. We have to admit we're part of the flock. You can't be a Christian and be a Superman solo person. You have to admit and be in relationship with the one who came for you. The one who crossed the bridge for you. The one who opened the gate for you. The one who walked into the flock and you recognize that voice. You recognized it once because you said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I accept him as my Lord and Savior. And then you were baptized. Or else you probably wouldn't be listening to what's being said today. So that means you're part of the flock. You're one of the sheep. That means that Jesus is your shepherd. But the people of the day couldn't quite understand how Jesus, walking with his disciples, was the shepherd. They didn't get about the intimacy of relationship. God wants nothing more than to be intimate with us. But intimacy requires two sides working together to form one good union. In any relationship, whether it be friends, whether it be a marriage, whether it be family, it takes two people, it takes two entities working together to become intimate, to trust, to love, to care. See, God offers that to us when we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and we claim Jesus as the shepherd of our lives. But Jesus trusts us enough to hear that voice and to accept our side of the bargain, to accept our side of the relationship. Jesus has confidence in us. My sheep hear my voice and they do what I ask of them. If you've ever messed with sheep, I had a time in my life when I trained dog, herding dogs for competition, and I kept a, a herd, a flock of 25 sheep. And, and I know that the sheep would do whatever I asked them to do, especially if I had a bucket of grain in my hand, because they followed me wherever I went because they wanted to eat. Or they moved wherever I sent my dog. They would always come to me because they wanted to move away from what they thought was a predator in their life. And I understand that kind of relationship between uh, an animal and its shepherd. But we as the people of God have to understand that the shepherd's always working for our best interest. I never did anything to my sheep that wanted to harm my sheep. I always cared about them. When the storms came, I made sure they were in the barn and put up. I made sure at night they were in the pen and they were protected from the coyotes, the things that were out in the country. Because every sheep was important to what we were doing. It's like with God. Every sheep, whether you be the most wealthiest, famous person 
in the country or on the earth, or yet whether you be on the fringes and you be homeless without anything and wondering if God knows you. Every sheep is important to the flock. And the shepherd says, I am here for you. Now they didn't understand Jesus at that. And so Jesus took a turn when telling the parable. He said, not only am I your shepherd, I'm your gate. Not only do I expect you, because we don't like that word, not only do I expect you to hold up your part of the relationship and hear my voice and walk with me, you need to accept the fact that I'm the one who brings the intimacy. I'm the one who moves in your life. I'm the one who made it possible to be intimate with God. It, was, it will be the sacrifice that makes it possible. The gate. You know, I was struggling with this that, this week when I was preparing the sermon about the gate option because gates open and they close and, and things like that. And, and I was visiting with a friend of mine and we were talking about what Easter means. And for him, Easter means this year especially, and maybe it's because he's been sheltered in place or practicing social distancing, it's giving him some time to reflect on his relationship with Jesus. He said, Barry, Easter this year means for me like new life. And I said, yeah, I get it. And he said, no, I don't mean just like saying, yay, Jesus, Jesus rose again, I'm committed, rah, rah, and then go on. He said, but I see a whole new life. He said, you know, Barry, the veil was torn when Jesus died. The veil in the temple was torn when Jesus died. And that opened up a whole new life for me. And I thought, the gate. When Jesus was crucified, he was the gate. He became the gate. Now what you have to know is when Jesus used the gate as the metaphor for transferring into an intimate relationship with God, he was speaking right to what was happening in ancient times. Because the shepherd in ancient times would make sure that his sheep were in the pen at night, and then he would lay across the opening where the sheep could come in and go out. And no sheep would go out as long as the shepherd were there, was there, and no, none, none of the predators would come in as long as that human scent was there either. And so he was protecting his flock by being the gate, by literally, in ancient times, the shepherd would lay in that gate and protect the flock. And so when Jesus turned the story and said, not only am I your shepherd, but I am your gate, then he said, the veil, he's reiterating that the veil would be torn. He's reiterating that he is the avenue to which we find intimacy with God. He is the avenue to which we go, the opening through which we go to where we are intimate with God, and it is God who provides our shepherd for us. You see, it's a full circle. If we'll embrace the relationship that God's offering us, that we'll embrace that God is important enough in our lives that we want to give back, not because God has something to give us, but because we want to be intimate with the one who created us. We want to be intimate with the one who first formed us in our mother's womb and looked us in the eye and said we are good. No matter what the rest of the world has said about us, whether we're overweight, we're too short, we're ugly, we're not pretty enough, we're not rich enough, we don't drive a fancy enough car, we don't live in the right place, we don't have the right kind of toilet paper, we don't shop at the right store. Whatever the world says about us, God said when God created us that we were good. And that relationship has been based on that since the beginning of our existence. 
And we, the people of God, having the confidence of the shepherd, need to hear that word. We need to hear that we're loved by God and that we, the people of God, are called to love God back and to be pro-God in our lives, to live our lives as good sheep. That doesn't mean docile. That doesn't mean meek. That means that we're supposed to be vibrant and alive and knowing who Jesus is in our lives and following the example that the shepherd left for us. Following the example that the shepherd left for us because the shepherd said, I have confidence in you because you hear my voice and you've seen my witness. And if we've heard Jesus' voice and we've seen Jesus' witness and we know the love of God in our lives, then we, the people of God, must love others. Now, I know that not all of us like intimacy. I know the statistics of divorce in this world. I know the statistics of broken relationships in this world. And they run up around, marriages are now about 75% into divorce. Did you know that? It's a sad world. 75 of committed relationships can't stay in the intensity of the intimacy to last through the rough times, through the good, the bad, the ugly, the better, the worse. And we check out. And we do the same thing to God when things get tough. In this time of sheltered in place, in this time of social distancing, I'm sure people wonder where God is in all this. God is right with us. But I wonder if maybe we're paying too much attention to that big screen that's in our house or that little screen that's in our lap or that little screen that's in our hand that we take out of our pocket and we're letting the influence of the world tell us who we ought to be during this time. And we're not listening to the voice of our shepherd guiding us and, and calling us into intimacy. Just because we're apart from one another does not mean we're not supposed to be intimate with one another. God still has confidence and expects us to be the people of God. God has called us to be, even though we're walking through pandemic times. We still need to offer one another love and grace. We don't need to fight over what's on the shelves. We don't need to judge other people about what they're doing in their lives. God doesn't ask us to do that. God asks us to follow the model of Jesus, and that model means that we love one another unconditionally that we welcome people into the flock, that we guide people towards seeing who the shepherd is and what the shepherd has for us. Because the shepherd has confidence in us that we, the people of God, will lead others to know what true love is. That we will speak out. We will speak up. We will cross the six feet. And we will love one another as God has instructed us to love one another. Someone has said that our world's coming back, and I've been in, lot, in, in a new fashion when we come out of this pandemic. And I've been in several meetings this week when we've talked about the different phases where we're going to get one another back together, when the public's going to come back together and the, the steps we have to take so that we can all be together again. And I have assured those people in those meetings, we will never, ever quit hugging one another. We will never quit shaking people's hands. We will never live a life 
to where we push intimacy aside because God calls us as people of God to love one another. God calls us to still look each other in the eye, to breathe the same air when things get good again, and to continue to embrace each other and build one another up, to put others before ourselves, just like the shepherd does with the flock, to be able to lead them to the shepherd who has laid down his life for us so that the veil could be torn, so that the door could be opened, so the window, the the veil could become light and thin, so that we can experience the Holy Spirit in our lives and that God can be with us. Because there's one thing that God has said that Jesus announced on that day, that as long as the sheep are in my flock, as long as the sheep are with me, They will have a good life. And they will not just have a good life. They will have an abundant life. They will have life more fully. Now, I don't know what your dream of a full life looks like. I know as I've gotten up up in years, my wife and I have visions about what our days of retirement would look like where that special place will be, where we'll, we'll go and we'll join together in that wonderful place that was created just for us. And, and the ones we love will come and we'll get to visit and we'll get to go away from there and visit them and then come back. And, and we'll call this, this our final place. And if you know us, that will be something to say it's our final place. Extravagantly, however you envision that, that's minuscule to the fulfillment of life that God has for you. For the abundancy in your life that God has for you. If we, the people of God, will live into that confidence that our shepherd has for us, will live into that confidence of God calling us to be God's people, to be a part of the flock, to follow the shepherd, and to love others as God has loved us, then we will have life abundantly. Not just when we get there, but on the journey to wherever we're going. God will continue to bless us abundantly with love and forgiveness and grace and mercy. And there's nothing, there's nothing an infomercial can provide in your life. There's nothing this world can provide in your life that is more important, more valuable, or more wonderful than being intimate with God and receiving the abundance that God pours out for you. God asks us to give so that God can give more to us. God asks us to love more so that we receive more of God's grace, more of God's love, more of God's mercy, so that we can pass it out to those we come in contact with. This week, things began reopening. We get to go and sit across the table from one another and break bread together in special places. We get to go into retail facilities and buy special things by seeing each other in the stores. Let us not forget that as we come back together as a society, that it is God who gives. It is the shepherd who walks with us. We are his sheep. We are his people. We are called to love as God loves us. Don't we all need to follow the shepherd? Let us go love one another as we have been loved by God. Amen and amen.